0: imagine going to work where you make something that you do not know will pay you anything and since you're an entrepreneur in this scenario you have to buy your own computer any tools you need you have to find your own workspace and hire people to do anything that you do not have time for or not good at doing you're an owner operator making something that on any given day might be great or might get tossed out or anywhere in between the great things you make might get ignored the average might be celebrated Something you did on a whim years ago might suddenly get picked up and bring a windfall. Your finest work might struggle to see the light of day for any number of reasons that are never in your control. But the work is your personal marathon, an irresistible challenge. Being at the top of your game and making it to those mountaintops are a primary motivation, whether or not someone else sees you on that peak. If they do not recognize your achievement, that is ironically secondary because you would probably never run that race if outward success was your primary goal. It is ironic because no one is ever able to scale mountains or run races on an empty stomach, thus your dilemma. Welcome to the life of a songwriting musician.
1: It's kind of a big question mark, really. It's funny, I looked at my calendar uh, yesterday and from April on, there's there's not much there. (laughs) Which is a little bit, it's a little bit scary
2: it's got to kind of come along you know we got to put that effort forth to find those types of gigs And and, uh, in any case i'm bound and determined to keep doing this
0: those were our guests kelly McWee, followed by tony camel talking about the uncertainties of touring in the pandemic era we will have to see whether they can make a successful run of shows once again and whether people will pick up on what they are laying down on stage we picked up on two of their latest studio releases here with Kelly's song Boomtown to Bust and Tony's song Who Am I Kidding, which is playing now. The two Texas artists talk about each other's music and pick a mutual favorite from Western North Carolina's Town Mountain to round out the conversation. I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, and this is our three-song set with Tony Camel and Kelly McWee here on Southern Songs and Stories. will
2: be a thousand miles
0: Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media. Osiris creates music podcasts and events to help music fans deepen their connection to the music they love with all of their shows at osirispod.com. Osiris works in partnership with Jam Bass, which connects music fans to the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Capsule versions of Southern Songs and Stories are produced for broadcast on WNCW by me, Corey Askew. More information about this and other podcasts from Grassroots Radio, WNCW at WNCW.org. Kelly McWee did something pretty bold recently, even compared to fellow musicians who also take frequent leaps of faith. She left her job as a singer in Shiny Ribs one of the shiny soul sisters, as they are called, and released her music solo for the first time in seven years. Tony Camel talks about one of her new songs later in our conversation, which begins here with Kelly reviewing Tony's song, Who Am I Kidding?, from his solo debut album, Back Down Home.
1: Well, the song that I chose to talk about, uh, about Tony, this is kind of weird with Tony here, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is his song, Who Am I Kidding?, from his uh, Amen record, and I have so many things to say about this song, but one thing that he did so brilliantly in this song is is he included not only, like, imagery, like, senses and sight, um, the colors, but he also included, like, smells. Um, so it, like, plays on that part of our brains, and also he... Um, has packed in all of these emotions all into one song, which is very hard to do, like love and humility and gratefulness and vulnerability and um, hopefulness and that's just a that 's the mark of a brilliant song, a song that has all of those emotions and make can make you feel all those things um, and on a personal level I, I I get it because I feel the same way. <laughs> Um, about kind of questioning, why am I still doing this? You know, into my forties, why am I still uh, trying to make a living as a musician? But anyway, that's my initial statement.
2: <laughs> it's very sweet.
1: It's very true. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I mean, I could have picked so many songs uh, from your record. I love it so much. I really, really Thanks. do. And very honored to have sung on it too. And. Mm-hmm. Um, this one just really gets me, gets me in all, all the feels, which is why I have my all the feels <laughs> <laughs> coffee mug <laughs> with me right now.
0: Well, I'd say that both of the songs that you've picked out are kind of birds of a feather because they're both very introspective. They've, they're either dealing with leaving or thinking about leaving. That sort of theme is present. But, Tony, one of the neat things that I figured out from looking up about this song is that it may not be so literal, It also kind of points towards your past when you were not working in music. So you had a career in sales before you were a full-time musician.
2: I did. And first of all, thank you, Kelly. That was very sweet of you. Kelly sang the harmony on this recording and much of the, uh, on much of the record. And uh, she was my first choice when we were talking about who could uh, sing with me on the record. And yeah, I did. I had a, Sales job for seven years before I really even stepped on a stage on a professional level. And sometimes I miss that. Sometimes I miss that life. I don't, um, I don't, you know, lament for it deeply or anything, but certainly way more consistent and a lot easier in a lot of ways and um, harder in some ways as well. But, but uh, there's, uh, there's something to be said for knowing (laughs) that, um, for just knowing what your whole year is going to look like financially, planning wise, and having some sort of routine. And um, there are parts of me that miss that. And I'm not one of those musicians that doesn't think about getting back into that lifestyle. Um, I don't have any plans to do that anytime soon. But uh, when things get difficult, like this time of year, everyone's really slow. So I kind of think about what I could be doing if I weren't, um, you know, still sort of beating this the pavement and trying to make this whole thing work. Um, Did
1: that change for you after you got married and had a baby? Do you feel like you think about that a little bit more?
2: I think so a little bit, but there are things that uh, are really good about this lifestyle. Like I get to be home with my kid and and sort of a you know stay at home dad during the days. Yeah. And um, since we're not, haven't been doing a lot of traveling, that that difficult part of it. Isn't hasn't entered our lives just yet, but um, <clears throat> it would be hard for me to be gone all day and then come home just before she's going to go to sleep, and that would make me really sad at this point, frankly. <laughs> so nah. it's it's there are really good things about it, but yes, definitely thought about um, that type of a thing being, but only on a financial level, only on a, a level where I know that I'll be able to provide. But fortunately, um, I have a great partner, and I am not a completely unsuccessful musician. I, I managed to work and, and make it work. So as long as that's happening, then I'm going to keep doing it. But, but it's fleeting, as, as we both know.
1: Yeah. Well, all of those things... Sorry, I'm taking over the interview. <laughs>
2: um, all
1: of those things is how that song makes, makes me feel. Like You, put, you articulated that feeling uh, perfectly. Thanks. in in I that really song that. yeah I mean you know and as you know that's really hard to do it's
2: sometimes. very hard to do. it's i think you and I both have high standards for uh, depicting these types of emotions yes and uh i try i fail at it way more than I succeed at it as I'm sure you do i think any good Same. songwriter does so mm-hmm. um uh, I really appreciate that The only things I know are that I'm doing this with you and that we haven't got a clue. I've been thinking about hanging it up, hanging it up, hanging it up. Lord oh, knows that I ain't gonna hang it up. Who am I kidding? I've been thinking about hanging it up, hanging it up.
0: Who Am I Kidding by Tony Camel, that's Camel with a K, an introspective song from his album Back Down Home. Tony is also a member of Austin band Wood and Wire, which was featured on our episode Grass That Goes Against the Grain. His solo record branches out from the bluegrass and string band styles of Wood and Wire to bring in instruments like pedal steel, B3 organ, accordion, and electric guitar to complement the fiddle, mandolin, and other mainstays also heard on the album. Next, we get Tony's take on this song from Kelly McWee, Boomtown to Bust.
1: I still can remember those last dying embers of the night we called. Originally, I wrote these two songs that I ended up releasing solo. I wrote them for a duets project that I was going to do with my friend Dan Dyer. He's a local singer-songwriter here in, in Austin. Um, actually, he lives in Fredericksburg now. But um, I sat down uh, during the lockdown to write some, some country songs for Dan and I. And I wanted them to be a bit thematic, too, because I already had one called The Gold Standard that I wanted us to record. And we were going to call our band The Gold Standard. Anyway, we've put that whole project on the back burner for now because he's busy, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. But I had sat down in, during the pandemic to write those two songs for Dan and I. And uh, and once I realized I was going to maybe duck out of my shiny ribs uh, job... <laughs> I thought, man, I, I really like those two songs, and I don't know if I want to wait on on Dan and I to get our, get it together." So I just went in to record them with Jonathan Tyler, and um that's kind of that's kind of how they came about. It was for a project that may or may not happen, and uh, I just loved the tunes and wanted to get them recorded and release m- new music so I could see if anyone still cared. <laughs>
2: I know that feeling. Yeah, there's a lot I really love about this song. I'm, I um, I'm really, really picky about love songs. And when I say love songs, I mean any kind of love songs where it's a sweet love song or it's a, you know, uh, fast and furious love that comes and goes song like this one or sort of forbidden love thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm not super secure in my sensitivity or something. But I'm really picky about them. And uh, I just thought this one had a great story, and it was told really well, and, um, and it's I really am a big sucker for waltzes as well. So uh, this sort of really um, fun, traditional-sounding country waltz groove hooked me in immediately, and I love Kelly's voice. And um, I'm also a sucker for good arrangements, and I thought that this was arranged really nicely And, um, specifically on the chorus going to the minor four instead of the, uh, regular major four, like I'm so used to doing in bluegrass music, which just gets boring after a while. It gives (laughs) it a really nice feel, you know, and, um, uh, um, but, and then on the chorus, the way the, the last line of the chorus, not all that glitters is gold, um, kind of comes in at a unique musical way and, and that, that I really appreciated and thought it was really interesting when she first sent it to me, it must've been six or seven months ago. I, I don't remember. And I think it's mixed really nicely. I think the way that uh, it's given this sort of retro sound with some cool slap back and stuff, uh, I was just, I just fell in love with it immediately. And I assume that's Dan singing on it, right? Uh, yes, you? that cool. is Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan is great. And, and, uh, you guys sound great together. Um, but lyrically, I just think it paints a really nice image of this story uh, of two people that uh, get together, fall in love, but can't be together. It seems and and it doesn't work out, and uh, that's such a uh, hard thing to talk about and make it interesting. You know, it's something a lot of people write about, and uh, it, this the way this one was done is just sort of atypical and unique, and I, I think it's just fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you. The, yeah, well, the unrequited love story. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is really and, hard to tell, tell that in a different way so that hasn't been said, you know.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, you try not to repeat what other people have done, but it doesn't sound like you were trying to do anything. It just sounds like you guys uh, got together and wrote a cool story in a cool way. And made it cool by giving it a super super kick-ass arrangement. And yeah, really thank nice, you. Nice playing on it. Um, was it Cody played the fiddle, right? Yeah, Cody, Cody Braun. Braun from Reckless Kelly played the fiddle. It was beautifully done, and there's really nice country piano on it that I think is fantastic as well. So,
1: Johnny Keys.
2: Yeah, man. Who was it? Um,
1: Johnny Keys. Awesome. You know him? John no, Hurt. I don't. Yeah, he's great. He uh he was in that band Uncle Lucius.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Great, great. Yeah. Um but most of all um I I love Kelly's voice and I think she, as a singer I I gravitate towards other singers.
1: Me too. Um thank you very much. You're that welcome. Was very kind. Mm-hmm. Um I have to give so much credit for this song to ben jones who i wrote it with mm. um because he is he's such a great player and he 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 knew to throw that four minor in there you know yeah. and that's so important and he had a lot to do with the arrangement of that song so um anyway i would just want to definitely acknowledge him in this because we, we we wrote that together and i mm. had the idea to uh I wanted a song that was like a mining theme. That was really my whole uh idea. <laughs> and cool. g- generally speaking, I write really uh, personal, true songs, whether it be about me or about maybe someone else that I know. But uh, this one was just a, you know, like, "Hey, I want to write a country song," and uh, I want it to have a mining theme, and I want it to sound as close as we possibly can get it to the red-headed stranger. Five. Mm-hmm.
2: Fantastic. Um,
1: yeah, that was that was it. So um, it, it came really fast. This one, I love it when that happens. I just you know, and yeah. waltzes too, man, gosh, are you kidding if uh, there are so many waltzes that I don't even perform or record because I my whole set would be waltzes.
2: I still want to make a full record of all waltzes. There are <laughs> records out there of all four four time songs. There's no reason why there can't be a record out there full of waltzes. Agreed. I I think that it would get torched in the what little reviews it would get, but and people may not understand it. But for me, I love it, you know. Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're gonna hold you to that, Tony Camel. (laughs) Weighing so heavy on me. We got caught.
0: That is Boomtown to Bust by Kelly McWee here on Southern Songs and Stories. After focusing on songs that have themes of unrequited love and self-doubt, songs that contemplate or document leaving things behind, we hear Tony and Kelly talk about an upbeat song that is all about going places, namely sunny New Mexico. This is Texas, New Mexico Line by Town Mountain.
2: Stash and a full
1: I just want to say that one thing that Tony and I uh, learned about each other early on is that we have a mutual friend in the Bandtown mountain, Robert and Jesse are the two that I know, um, so we chose Town Mountain because they're from North Carolina, and we both know them. So we were talking a few days ago about what song to pick, and I said, just kind of like uh, to think I texted Tony and said, wouldn't it be funny if we picked one of Jed's songs? And Tony was like, who's Jed? Oh, yeah, Jed's your ex. And so Jed Zimmerman wrote that this song, Texas, New Mexico Line, and... Uh, we, were, we went to high school together, Jed and I did, and we became a couple after I graduated college. We ended up making two records together. He's the reason I'm in music in the first place. And um, so he wrote this song when I think he had just graduated high school and he, he headed out to, he moved out to New Mexico for a little while. And uh, he wrote this song, and we ended up recording it on our first Jed and Kelly record in like 2003. And uh, fast forward a few years later, and we are in Montana playing this place that used to be called the Half Moon Saloon, but it's something different now. I actually asked Jed yesterday what it's called, and I'll have to find that text. But um, but anyway, we played there, and then Jed and I, we lived in an RV, so we just kind of parked our RV up on the Gallatin River right outside of Red Lodge, Montana. We were going to stay there for a few days, and I went into town to get some groceries or something, and... I met these dudes. They just kind of were like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Uh, you want to come <laughs> to our show? We're called Town Mountain, and we're playing at this uh, venue, Half Moon Saloon. And and I was like, yeah, we just played there last night. That's a great idea. We'll come check you guys out. So I grabbed Jed and told him I met some dudes at the gas station, <laughs> and uh, we needed to go check them out. And so... Long story short, we ended up becoming great friends. They ended up actually camping out with us for three nights after that, and we had the best time. Became friends, and they recorded two of our of our of Jed's songs, and one of them was Texas New Mexico line. So we picked that song because it had a you know little little backstory to it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and and I've just gotten to know um, the guys in Town Mountain over the years from from meeting them at different festivals and stuff. Uh, Must have been seven, eight years ago, and we just hit it off. They're just good, uh, good old guys, you know. And uh, Robert's a really Robert Greer is just a blast to hang out with, and uh, and 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 um, Jesse as well on the banjo, and and Phil, their mandolin player, writes a lot of their songs too. He's fantastic, and uh, those I think those are sort of the three original members. I just hit it off with those guys and and found them to be good guys and, and fantastic unique take on, on what they do. And, um, I miss seeing them, frankly, I miss seeing them out there and I hope to see them soon. Um, but I love this song also because, um, uh, it's sort of last year I played a, Kelly was nice enough to book me at this festival in Red River, New Mexico. And I learned how connected she was to that area. And I I guess Jed as well. And so, I uh, just saw that side of her that I didn't really know much about, and um, we first—I first saw it at the big barn dance uh, the year before, two years before that. But I thought it was a neat uh, community that you're a part of there, and this song mentions Texas and New Mexico, and it just seemed appropriate. And I also love some good hard-driving bluegrass. By the way, the version that Jed well. and Kelly did of this is a really nice-sounding sort of uh, country tune with some rock elements to it and and y'all should check that out as well gosh i was so
1: young when i listened to those (laughs) records it's like it's it's tough man it's tough to hear your your 22 three-year-old self (laughs) singing on a record you know but i was thinking about town mountain because gosh i mean i i guess it was almost 20 years ago when i met them so they've been a band a long time
2: yeah and yeah they sure have and they've they've um (laughs) <laughs> that's one of the reasons why if I'm ever, you know, going through changes in booking agent or changes in band members or something like that, you can call one of those guys, Robert or Jesse, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've been through that like five times. <laughs> and they can give you the lowdown on what to expect, you know, and uh, they're just good guys and absolutely fantastic uh, musicians and players. And, and Robert's voice is one of the most unique and cool sounding Voices in all of um, this type of music, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. He's got that high lonesome for sure.
2: Track a ton. like something out there, that old clean mountain air, across the Texas-New Mexico line. Yeah, like something out there, and that clean mountain there the Texas-New Mexico line.
0: Town Mountain, going back to their 2008 album Heroes and Heretics, we also profiled that band on this series and I encourage you to listen to their episode, There's Never a Last Ride in the Van. We wrapped up our conversation with Kelly McWee and Tony Camel by talking about what is coming up for both of them. Tony has a companion podcast to Back Down Home, which is also titled Back Down Home, and he has more episodes to come. He is also booking shows for the coming months. Kelly is working on, among other things, the festival she produces in Red River, New Mexico. The Red River Songwriters Festival is on schedule for its 10th anniversary this February, and Kelly will play alongside artists like Courtney Patton, Jason Eady, and headliner Ray Wiley Hubbard. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. We plan on producing more three-song set versions of this show, and I hope you might let us know what you think of the format. You can contact us on social media via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can also drop a line by emailing southernsongsandstories at gmail.com. Would you take a moment and follow the series on the platform you're using now? That really helps. It will help even more when you give us a top rating and even more so than that with a good review because our visibility to everyone using those platforms depends largely on followers, ratings, and reviews. Southern Songs and Stories is a part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio, WNCW, and Osiris Media with all the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. You can also hear new episodes of this podcast on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. Thanks to Corey Eskew for producing the radio adaptations of this series on WNCW and to Joshua Ming who wrote and performed our theme songs. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South and the artists who make it. Is Ray Wiley Hubbard a good hang?
1: Totally. Yeah, big he time. Is isn't he Tony? You've just yeah. been working with him recently, haven't you?
2: Yeah, he's hilarious and uh, a very, very generous guy. Um, he he's one of those legends that kind of makes it a point to reach out and work with younger artists in the area. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to be like, hey, sometime we should sit down and work on a song together. And he actually means it. He actually wants to do it. And he actually comes through and does mm-hmm. it. He, he's a good dude. Very, very
1: supportive mm-hmm. of, of anyone that he, that he likes, you know. Um, and, yeah, he's, you know, he's a pretty humble dude for being as accomplished as he is. And, and he's just funny as
2: hell. He's so funny. Really <laughs> funny guy.